Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Oh, I got excited when I first read this because I thought it was going in a different direction. Campbell's, you know, Campbell's, the makers of soup and other products. But when you think Campbell's, you've, yeah. the first thing you think of is soup. Uh huh. They're teaming up with Frank's Hot Sauce. Oh, boy. To make a uh, spicy. Now, as I was reading it, I thought, it's going to be a Frank's Hot Sauce soup. Because I already drink that stuff you and do. eat it like a soup. But no, they're uh, going to sell spicy SpaghettiOs. It's oh. uh, normal SpaghettiOs with hot sauce mixed in. All right. Now, their target market isn't kids, it's adults. Specifically millennials who grew up eating SpaghettiOs, but now have a more sophisticated palate. <laughs> well, I would suggest if you're still eating SpaghettiOs as an adult, your palate isn't all that sophisticated. Right. Millennials, this is shocking, millennials buy over a third of all the SpaghettiOs sold each year. Almost half of adults, 35 and under, still eat them and have canned pasta at least once a week. Half of adults, 35 and under? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I ate a can of SpaghettiOs or any Holy canned pasta. How? I mean... Uh, if you count like the uh, the instant noodle sides or the the craft dinner type mm. thing, then then yeah, I'm guilty of that. But no, I, I, I canned pasta dish. I mean, I guess probably having met Maria, if there was ever a canned pasta in the house, I'd be hit in the head with it. I remember as a kid, I eating Chef Boyardee. Yep. Growing mm. up, yeah, I liked that when I was a kid. Uh, speaking of spicy food, Heinz has just announced a new line of spicy ketchups in three flavors, chipotle, jalapeno, and habanero. Okay. They've also got a new spicy version of their Heinz 57 steak sauce. So. I thought when you said Campbell's and, and Frank's Red Hot, I, I would have gone with the, like a spicy soup as well. Yeah. Like spice up the chicken noodle. Or their tomato soup. Or the tomato soup, yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, I got problems. I, I must go through at least two jars a week of that bad boy. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not lying. I'll, I'll take now. My thing is to take unsalted peanuts. Okay. Looking for a healthy snack. Yes. And so uh, I have read, you know, good proteins, good cholesterol in peanuts. And unsalted is all good. It's good, normal snack. But then I drown him in Frank's hot sauce. Like a cereal of peanuts. Basically. <laughs> Are you spooning them in? Uh, yeah, but I use a small spoon. This would be delicato. And you wonder why I have so many specialists. This is a great example of how I really, really wish I just didn't know anything about this man's politics. I really wish we could go back to the don't talk politics, religion, or your salary. I was always a big Kid Rock fan. So much so that when I saw him open for Aerosmith... It was the one and only time where I was so impressed by the opening act that I thought they were far better than the headliner, and I became a fan that day. Um, when I was in Windsor, we'd go over to Detroit. We saw him a few times there. Always an amazing show. Incredibly talented musician. I've shared the story many times of sneaking into his lounge at the uh, Palace of Auburn Hills and sitting there smoking his cigars and drinking his booze. And he didn't kick me out. And uh, so now, where he's at is so disappointing. Here was a guy who used to do so much 
for charities in Michigan and the blue-collar people of Michigan. He also used to do something that was incredibly kind, and maybe he still does. I haven't seen him do it in a long time. He would show up at birthday parties for kids who were dealing with uh, disabilities. Mm. There's some great video of him all over Michigan showing up and singing happy birthday, bringing in the cake, doing all sorts of kind things. Where that Kid Rock is now, I do not know. He has turned into just an angry old grandpa. And he literally calls himself that in this crazy video he just posted. Where he says, Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me say something to all of you and I'll be as clear and concise as possible. Then he turns around with an AK-47 and lets the bullets fly. Turns the camera, flips the bird, because what he was shooting at was cases of Bud Light. And then he turns to the camera and says, F Bud Light, F Anheuser-Busch, have a terrific day. Why is he angry with Bud Light? Because of their partnership with trans activists. Mm. This is what upset him so. At a time when there's been more mass shootings in schools and all, all the people who have been gunned down, to turn around, you want to be angry with trans activists, you want to be at, mad at Bud Light, Come up with another way of protesting. Just say, I'm never touching their product again. You don't have to pull out a weapon and start shooting at it. Especially, like, read the room in America, dude. Now, I know he lives in his bubble, and that's the problem. We all live in our bubble. But I am so utterly disappointed. So much so, and I don't even know that we play much Kid Rock anymore. But I, I, I'm uh, thinking about mentioning to Doug Elliott and Lorianne, please, Remove him from our playlist. I, you can play him all you want during the day, but I don't want him on this morning show. Hmm. I, uh, I, I to be honest, I'm shocked people are surprised by this. Isn't that the the rhetoric that he kind of started on with this redneck warrior? Yeah, he'd go after wokeness and the he, image that he wanted. Yeah, he was rapping about that kind of stuff, but that's that's all fairly fairly beige. Mm. You know, it's just him spouting off about F you and F this, and I don't believe in any of it. But again, just this period of time, what we've just seen in the U.S. Right. To use a gun to blow up these boxes of beer. Well, you know what? And, and here's here's the problem, and it, it's happening so often and so much, is that if he wanted to just do that, and that was his frustration and his feeling, he could have just done it in his massive backyard. Mm-hmm. But he filmed it, and he posted it to social media. And in doing so, uh, you know, he just proved that people, when it comes to social media, are just playing to their audience mm -hmm. and playing to their crowd and get too riled up by bots and negative comments that are coming out against them mm -hmm. that it feels that they need to, to, to take this to the next level like this. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, it's it's just uh, it's such a shame. I was a big fan. Live Trucker, I thought was one of the best live albums I've ever heard. Rock and Roll Jesus, one of the all-time greats, I, I used to think. No more. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear and concise as possible. He hates these cans! <laughs> 
and Steve Martin and the jerk when there's a sharpshooter in the bushes and Steve Martin works at a gas station and he's out by the pumps and the sharpshooter's trying to get him but he's missing him and hitting the cans and Steve Martin being the jerk thinks the guy hates the cans. So that's what it was. Kid right. just hates beer cans. That's the problem. Dumb myths that we still believe. Like we believe that there's a dramatic reading of a person's will. <laughs> that's a movie know, thing? That's a movie and TV thing. They say maybe it happened like 50, 150 years ago, but in reality, uh, nowadays, everybody just mailed a copy or emailed a copy and read it if you want to. Right. Who could itemize everything now, too, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the fights that would be happening in those rooms. You got it. Listen, I tell you, now, again, as we go through this with my dad, and he didn't have much stuff. He had gotten rid of a lot of stuff. But still, everybody's got stuff. And do your kids a favor. Start getting rid of stuff. Mm. Don't leave that all on their lap. Right. First of all, they're, you know, grieving that you've passed. And just to have to go through and dig all this stuff out from 50 years ago, let it go. Yeah. You know, call in one of those moving companies or do a purge once a year. Kind of say to yourself maybe like at the beginning of every year, January or February, when life has slowed down from Christmas and everything, once a year, do a big purge. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because I've, I've witnessed this um, with my in-laws and, and as they got their their parents at age and grandparents, mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, Adrian's grandmother had and grandfather had kind of gone to the family. They had a number of, I think they had 13 children among them mm. and, and just kind of said, Okay, what's important to you? Like, mm. what would you really like? And and kind of itemized things, and mm. and uh, and we're able to disperse a lot of things that way, uh, because you never know what is has sentimental value to certain people, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, some kids will go into the house and say, "Well, that that is what meant that ashtray is what mm. meant so much to me, and what I remember so and so by," right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like such an innocuous thing, but to them, it, it's got value and. If it were to go somewhere else, they'd be really upset by that. Yeah, and I guess, too, it's tough for parents because if their children do have, you know, pieces of their uh, history that they want to hold on to, and if they start purging everything, maybe the kids get upset with them. Mm -hmm. Like if you went into your parents' house and they had gotten rid of your bedroom set because you were planning on moving back in and sleeping in it. (laughs) What happens when I need that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's one of those things. We've talked about it with Wills, too, is that... It's so hard and uncomfortable to talk about, Mm. but it really needs to be done. It saves a lot of pain later on. Yeah, I don't find the whole will discussion all that difficult. Certainly funeral arrangements. Right, yeah. Because that's, you know, the idea of like really deciding what kind of box you're going to end up in Mm -hmm. is not fun to Well, I guess the will discussion is when you have young kids, right, Mm -hmm. and that thought of, okay, where are they going to go? Who's going to care for them Mm -hmm. when when they can't take care of themselves? You didn't write me down, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Just for your pool. <laughs> I'll get them for the summer. Uh, things that are dumb myths that people still believe. That black belts have to register their fists as weapons. Wow. Yeah. The Chuck Norris thing, maybe? It might have been. Uh, that we eat an X number of spiders in our sleep every year. Oh, gross. It doesn't happen. Uh, It probably never happens. Uh, For a sleeping person to swallow even one live spider, it would have to involve many unlikely circumstances. Yeah. 
Well, with all the headgear you got on, an alligator couldn't crawl into there. <laughs> it wouldn't. It would think it was like a fan boat was going by him. You're sealed up like a mummy. <laughs> and this I always heard, especially when the CN Tower got built. If you drop a penny off a skyscraper, it will eventually fall fast enough to kill someone. I had always heard that. I remember going up at the CN Tower on school trips or other things, and that was always somebody saying something. You know, if right. I drop this penny off of here... It would crush somebody's skull because it would get uh, get uh, moving so fast. But the reality is it would hit something called terminal velocity. Yes. About 30 miles per hour for its mass. And if it hits someone, it would feel like being flicked in the forehead. Well, I still don't think I want to be hit by a penny at no. 30 miles an hour. And that would be a pretty hard flick. Yeah. That humans only use 10% of our brain. It is that's, that's a myth? That's a myth. Well, if you listen to the show, you know it's a fact. <laughs> I was just reading that if Trump were to be found guilty on all charges, he could face up to 136 years in jail. I saw that. Now, in Trump words, that's a huge amount of years. Right. Now, he's 76, so I don't see him making it to the end. It's, uh, I mean, it, it goes to show that the charges that he faces are a lot more serious mm-hmm. than, than some make them sound. Um, should he be found guilty and given the full max, which, you know, not going to happen. Um, the guilty part, I don't know. The, the full max, I can tell you, is not going to happen. Here's how he'd spin it. If he did get the full max, though, he'd say, I'm the longest serving president. <laughs> 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 I served longer than anybody else. Right. Uh, I had to laugh yesterday. You know, it's amazing. CNN, all the news outlets, how they're able to just kill hours and hours and hours of time on absolute nothingness, just going around in circles, waiting uh, for things to happen, and I think if you, I think CNN started at like noon, it's like Super Bowl Sunday, you know. Mm. They started at like noon, went till I think five o'clock, and then uh, recapped throughout the day into the evening. And they had the one shot of him from a helicopter that you could barely see coming out of Trump Tower, getting into his car. Then they had the, they followed him like an OJ chase to the to the courthouse. Then they get a little shot of him coming out of the car and getting into the courthouse. And then the shot of him coming out of the uh, through those doors after he had been arraigned and up to the fifteenth floor to uh, to see the judge, see the hanging judge, and uh, all of that probably of airtime was like fifteen seconds. Right. And they wrapped that around eight to eighteen hours of coverage. Uh, listen, having done a little bit of TV now, I have an incredible appreciation for what all of them do in the sense of on live television like that. When you've got just an earpiece mm-hmm. in your ear, and you know that in that control room behind the scenes is absolute chaos mm-hmm. happening as they've got cameras all over from helicopters and uh, reporters here and there ready to bring in their two cents. And as you're talking and trying to control a conversation in that, that room, um, that being on that stage, uh, in that studio... All of this is happening in your ear. You're mm. hearing a ton of it. Go here, go here, go there. You got ten seconds. We're gonna go here in a minute. Commercial in the, in a in a minute and a half. And one more question: the amount that must be going through their brains as they're doing that all is phenomenal. It was funny too watching CNN. There was that one moment when uh, there was a few of them who tried to spin some sympathy for him. You know, they they've hated him all along, right? And and so they go there today sits a man. Once president, who's really just 
father and a grandfather. The Van have, Jones or something like that? Having a it? bad yeah. day. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, Van, you've been one of his biggest, <laughs> biggest uh, haters uh, since the beginning. And uh, look, it, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. We'll see. Uh, but I am enjoying seeing him struggling a bit through this. You know, the guy has gotten away with everything his whole life. And I don't know if he'll get away with this or not, but it is sitting, watching and sitting him squirm in that seat because he can't control the room. He has to play by the rules. And the look of it, you said it earlier, disdain is, mm. you know, and, but the funniest was when the door hit him walking through. That made me howl. <laughs> and that's been shown on Twitter and over and over again because uh, he's walking through. And as president, he never had to open a door. Probably didn't have to wipe his own arse. People right. did everything for him. And maybe even to this day, maybe his entire life, he's never had to open a door on his own. But he's walking in and the the, uh, the officer uh, walks in front of him, lets the door go, and he kind of has to hit it with his arm to knock it open like he was shocked. Nobody held it for him. Boy, it's got to be tough to be one of his lawyers, though. And you can just see them scrambling when they're asked about things like, you know, the intimidation tweets or truths that he puts mm-hmm. out with him holding a bat next to the uh, the prosecutor. Yeah. And they, they asked the, uh, his lawyer about it, and the only good answer was, well, he wasn't swinging a bat. He was he was just showing an American-made bat. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow! He's pulled that bat right out of the rear end to, to give that answer. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really crazy. And you know the thing with when he uh, when they tried to get him, when they tried to impeach him with the two impeachments, and it didn't happen. It's because you know you've got Republicans and you've got Democrats, and uh, well, he was twice impeached but not removed. Well, that's right, but right. because you have Republicans voting against it and Democrats, that doesn't work like this in the in the system of law. You know, the the, the judges can say and the lawyers can say all they want, but the jurors they cannot be bought. Right, they cannot be swayed. Um, well, I mean, he'll just say that it's done in Manhattan, which hates him to begin with. Mm. They've got a, a grudge. She's already starting to say. Um, I didn't watch much of it. You did. Uh, how was Melania watch? Uh, oh, I should have laid down a $100 bet with you because you claimed she'd be there, and I said she wouldn't. But I she... didn't say she'd be I was, just, I was wondering if she would be there. Roll back the tape. <laughs> I'm sure you said she would be there, and I said I don't think she will be. Mm. And then I think you said maybe she'll go shopping. Yeah. Because I thought she'd stay home. Yeah, she's got nothing to do with it. Her, listen, I think she's so far removed. Listen, the, the one thing he wouldn't want is her to be in the jury box. Right. <laughs> He's like, hang him. Hang him. Trial hasn't started yet, Melania. I don't care. Hang him. Here's a question for you. Would you be okay with this? Is it appropriate to have a work spouse, a work wife, or a work husband, someone you have a strong platonic bond with outside the house, but without the romance? Usually. Right. right. I mean, listen, if you're nailing in the boardroom, I'd have a problem with that. <laughs> I would say, uh, well, certainly it's it's interesting with like Maria's situation now, because she works with mostly all men. Um, and as far as I know, everything's fine. <laughs> it's not a late night texting. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but I haven't questioned her. Nothing there bothers me. And it's not that I've ever gotten the vibe or sense that she's really cozied up with any of the dudes. And you know what I found with men and women, and, and more so I think a lot of women will say this, they get along better with dudes than they do with other women. Mm. And so I would say that, uh, well, I want to be mature. 
but maybe I would have trouble with it. <laughs> I don't know. If they were really cozy and she talked about him a lot, right. oh, you should have heard what Charlie said today. Oh, yeah. Charlie's so funny. Um, would you be more upset if she claimed she had a work husband or if someone else in the office claimed that she was their work wife? Hmm. Well, how would I know somebody else claimed she was there? I don't know. Wife? Maybe she told you one day, oh, he, Charlie calls me his work wife. Oh, right, right. Uh, I guess I think I might be bothered by both. Mm. I want to be mature about it. Right. I think I might be a little hesitant. <laughs> you? Um, I, I, I mean, a tough situation for me because I literally am the work husband. You're the work <laughs> wife. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but if 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 you two actually were able to separate, separate for a in some way, right, to stop being so attached at the hip, yeah, uh, and and uh, you or her went and worked somewhere else. Well, I think I'm so self-absorbed that I don't listen to her conversations about work. So right. Uh, probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> she could be pregnant with his child. You'd be like, want to slow up on the donuts, babe? Yeah, I think uh, I think generally, you know, you have those kind of work relationships because you, you talk about work mm -hmm. with those people. You share a lot of time at work with those people. And I think if you are actually referring to it as work wife or work husband, then. It, it's more than just coworker at mm. that point. You're you're signifying that you're closer than just being coworkers. It would feel to me like if opportunity was there, if I wasn't in the way. Right. You know. That yeah. that's how I would take it. Okay, you guys are cozy at work and you share you you have a little giggles about shows you watched the night before, you trade stories about whatever. But if I was somehow out of the picture <laughs> You two would be banging nasties in seconds. Well, wait a minute. Do, do spouses do that? Bang nasties? Yeah. No, but but, but work spouses, wasn't. But, oh yeah, because you well you because you start off right. banging nasties. Yes. You know that's how all relations start. It's not how they end. <laughs> um, and now this is interesting that uh, a quarter of adults say it's okay to have a work spouse. Many believe it's inappropriate. I would think that has a lot to do with HR rules these days as well. Mm -hmm. Companies are very, very leery of uh, employees being too cozy with each other. Um, but then when it breaks down to uh, ages, uh, very few millennials are okay with it. Many boomers say it's fine. Probably because boomers been in a relationship a long time. They're like, good, let her talk to you. Right. You know, or they need the help. Yeah. Right. Uh, the millennials, though, and I get this, if you're a young married couple or you're in a new relationship, you're probably not cool with your partner having a close friend of the opposite sex at work hmm. because you're in this new relationship right. or new marriage. Or don't want to be defined as a work spouse. Yeah. But if you've been married uh, 30, 40 years, uh, it's, maybe it's more comforting than threatening. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's a generational thing, too, because, of course... The workplace was a lot more like the Wild West at one time. Right. I mean, I remember going to Christmas parties where it was basically a porn breaking out on the dance floor. <laughs> People are having sex on the photocopying machine. Anyhow. Yeah. It's, uh, I want to I wanna be mature and say I'd be fine with it all. <laughs> you know. But I sense after a couple of glasses of wine, I'd speak my truth. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.